both can be dope, but to me the difference is a creator is someone who goes within themselves to, to, to think about something, to feel something for real, and they're like, something in me has to get this out to the yes. world. Whereas a curator, their skill set is different. It's not about them going within themselves to create something new. It's about looking at the whole landscape and consuming a lot and then using their taste to say, all right, I like these things and I'm going to be the person who selects these people. I'm on a mission for maze, no matter how long it's gonna take. Back. I could just see it already. Give me that new Benz or the Wraith. Watching my own back where I'm from, it was never safe. Yeah. Need a hundred M's, it been a safe. Uh -huh. Last chance, life a movie. Roll another one and get baked. Mix the unwealth with the Gucci. What's up, everybody? What is going on? Marquise here with yet another episode of BTL Podcast, mm -hmm. Between the Lines. I'm super excited for today's episode. Before I get into the warm introduction for my guy, Will, um, if you're a returning, you know, viewer, if this is your first time viewing, I appreciate all of the support thus far. Be sure to go back and watch all of the previous episodes. Go like, mm -hmm. comment, subscribe. I'm going to leave some feedback, right? I definitely want to be able to kind of get in tune with you all. Um, but without further ado, uh, we have an amazing guest, Will. Let's go. Um, my God, I appreciate you so much uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule. You already know. And, you know, allowing me to the, the opportunity to, to interview you. Uh, with everything you got going on, you could have been doing anything, but you you know uh, you reached out and you allowed me to say Let's it's do all it. love, bro. So I appreciate you, bro. Nah, I respect what you're um, doing. So we man. have Will here, you know, the founder, co-founder yep. of, of Rec Philly. If yep. you haven't heard, right? You know, originally from Pennsylvania. Yep. Um, you know, Forbes 30 under 30, right? TEDx speaker. Yep. Um, he's been featured in you know many different news you know platforms, ABC, NBC. Uh, you know, Will, man, please give yourself the, the proper introduction. Let sure. the people know who you are, man, and, and let's dive right into it, yeah. man. I think you did a decent job. Oh, thanks, man. Um, but thanks. yeah, my name is Will Toms, as you mentioned, co-founder of a company called REC, which is an acronym, Resources for Every Creator. And essentially what REC is all about is, you know, we're an agency, but what makes us unique is one of the core pillars of what we do is we have creative spaces. Love it. So we build creative spaces in different cities. Uh, you know, the space we have in Philly is... 14 private studios, co-working space, venue, and those studios are podcast studios, they're recording studios, they're photography studios, dance studios, like all of the things that we as creatives need to be able to, to create at a high level to really compete, you know, with some of these other um, creators around the world, right. you know, who may have access to these resources. So for us at REC, it's all about empowering creators to get access to the tools that they need, but also get access to the, the educational programming mm -hmm. to actually learn the business right. of being a creative. Right. And then third, to have that place where the culture can can just be, I love you it. know what I mean? To be able to connect with other creatives. So we do all that. Um, so for us, it's that space and our app for our members mm. to get connected to what they need. And then that enables us to go and work with brands I love it. of all sizes. And you know, we're working with clients like Red Bull or Comcast or Lyft or Cash App. I love They're it. paying us to do marketing campaigns. And when we get those contracts, we go right back into our, our community of members and pay those creatives to help us do that work. I love it. So, you know, we've built something really beautiful here. So there's that side of things, um, you know, but also a new author. I love you it. You know what I'm saying? I wrote my first book, published that back in June. Thank you. Um, which is also in the same vein of what we're talking about now, which is all about empowering creatives. Love it. You know, so my book is essentially for anyone who has a passion that they're looking to be able to, to monetize and build a business around. Essentially, we, we put together a blueprint you know, and a curriculum for folks to do that um, in the simplest manner. But underneath all that, man, I'm just I'm a 31 year old entrepreneur man from Philly who just who just cares about his people and, and also 
you know, has been blessed to, to build impactful things that, that help people win. Amazing. I love that because, you know, you mentioned just being able to give like people like myself, you know, people who are in the creative space. And this is still pretty new to me myself. Right? Sure. I, you know, I just started tapping into like the media and, you know, podcasting. So I consider myself a creative as well. So when I was exposed to the platform of Wrecked Philly yeah. and seeing what you guys had to offer, it's pretty easy for somebody to just kind of say, wow, I love this place. Yeah. You know, I love what's going on. So I just want to be the first to say, man, look, keep doing that because that's amazing. I love it. Thank you. You know, I feel like Wrecked Philly is that hidden gem like you mentioned off camera. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of mentioned it, man. You mentioned, you know, a little bit about collaborations, right? Yeah. Working with, uh, you know, some big names, some big companies. So, I mean, I'd be remiss if I don't just start with the hot things, man, and sure. what's going on <laughs> right now. So, if you haven't if you haven't seen or if you're not familiar with Rec Philly, um, they have just recently partnered with uh, P. Diddy, right? Yeah. Puff Daddy, mm -hmm. who's a legend in hip-hop entertainment. Legend. Literally a legend. Uh -huh. um, and he's invested into Rec Philly, and now they are expanding into Miami, Florida. Right. So, Will, bro, I mean... <laughs> How does that feel? I mean, like, what went into that? Huh. So before we even get into how you feel, okay, how did you get into that? Like, what was the vision behind that, yeah. right? What was the motive? Like, how did that even yeah. happen, right? Yeah, so for, off the rip, like, you know, when we came up with the concept for Rec and as we started to build the model, we knew we weren't just building a small business, right? right? Like, I never, you know, sat with my business partner, Dave, and was like, yo, let's just build a small company and we'll just help mm -hmm. people here. We always knew that there was creatives in other cities around the world who deserved access to this model, right? So for us, we knew expansion was going to come, but it was always about who are the right partners right. for us to say, you get it, you see the world in a similar way that we do, you understand the vision of our business and the opportunity that we have in this new creator economy. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's literally a blessing, man, to, to be in business with. Yeah someone that, in my opinion, is really one of the first creative entrepreneurs to do it at the highest level, Absolutely. you know? And um, one of the alignment points that, that we have with Puff is, you know, Puff really understands his positioning in the industry right now, yep. you know, as someone who is arguably in legacy mode, you know what I mean? And, and has this real understanding that like, Puff ran through walls to do what he did, yep. you know? And sometimes people even forget some of the accomplishments, like even outside of music, like what Sean John, you know, mm -hmm. meant to fashion and being the first black man to ever have a store, you know, in Times Square. Absolutely. Right? Like those are things that are like trailblazing, yep. you know? But he also understood what it took for him to do things like that and to do what he did in music. And he knew that there's a way for it to be simpler mm. for the next generation. And he identified Rec as, um, a model that really could could be instrumental in helping it be simpler for the next generation. And I think there's just something so powerful about us being in different generations and, and having that connectivity. Yes. You know, because I don't think enough of us as creators or as people of color have those generational mm -hmm. gaps filled where like we can bring the best of both ideas of both worlds to create something new. Yes. Right. Um, yes. So anyway, so yes. you know, expansion was always a part of the vision, um, specifically for the relationship to Puff mm -hmm. and Combs Enterprise and his team. You know, that just came from relationship building. That's amazing. You man. know what I'm saying? That's amazing. Real quick, did you, so did you get to have a personal conversation with Puff? Or was yeah. it kind of just, how was that? <laughs> yeah. Was you like, were you like, I don't want to say starstruck, but I, like, Look, I, just I, won't, I, won't, I won't say too much about it. Um, but I, what I will say is, you know, I did have the opportunity. His team invited me out um, last summer. I spent a week at Puff's Creative working on a bunch of creative projects. Um, to him and some other really talented creatives amazing. and like, one of the best parts of it was getting to see Puff as a creative. I love it. 
You know, like That's underneath real. all of the layers, like you, we cannot forget that Puff yep. is a creative. Yes, he is an incredible businessman, but like he he is an artist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it was dope to to see him in that space, you know, working on the album and working on all these other projects and to learn, yeah. you know, really, you know, when I'm in spaces like that, man, like I'm soaking up game. I love it. You know? And I think as a creative man, like being able to kind of have a collaboration like that, of that magnitude, yeah. I think that's the, that's the pinnacle of being a creative, right? Mm. Being able to just partner with somebody of that status, sure. right? Just being able sure. to kind of have that platform to just really, not just your vision, but kind of mix it up with somebody else who's already well-established and yeah. created that legacy. So I'm gonna just say this though, cause yeah, I agree with the sentiment of what you're saying, yep. right? I think there's something really special about getting the validation yes. of someone who you respect yes. and is ahead of you, whether that's a brand or you know just another creative who mm -hmm. has success. But to me, the pinnacle of success for a creator is not that to me. I think gotcha. the real pinnacle for a creator should be do I have the deepest possible relationship with my fans? Yes. And I know I have this rabid fan base who supports me, and no matter what I'm throwing, I'm dropping, they gonna go get it, because it. it's deeper than the product they really represent, or they, they fuck with what I represent. Absolutely. You know what yep. I mean? Like, obviously she's Beyonce now, but like that level of fandom that mm -hmm. Beyonce has, that's what I think most creators should be after. Absolutely. How do you make sure you're nurturing those relationships with your fans? So that way you really are out here in control of your own future. Mm -hmm. I think that's the key. But yeah. I'm definitely not saying yeah. that to diminish no, of course. what you're saying. Because yeah. when incredible. I say success, I can see how you could have that perspective. So when yeah. I say success, I don't mean like that's literally where you want to be as a creative. Like, oh, okay, well, yeah. in order to be successful, I need to collab. I just mean like as a creative, knowing all of the hard work that you've Absolutely. done put in, yeah. having somebody of that status say, hey, I believe in what it is that you've created. Yeah. I think that's a great feeling to say, wow, we've we done it. You know and what I mean? I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. um, and, contradict. That. And I think this kind of leads me to, you know, my next thing, but just Rex Philly now, yeah. right? You know, I've kind of looked up a lot of you guys is... You know, let me say this you know, real quick. Go ahead, go ahead, do your thing, the, of course. The reason why I was so sensitive to go the ahead. way you frame that, right, is because, like, I really deeply believe in the power of independent creators, mm -hmm. and sometimes I think we put our power in the hands of other people. Got it. Right? So, like, for Got example... It. Now that, you know, and I'm grateful wow. for this, and I don't want to sound ungrateful for any of this, right? Absolutely. Because we, we work incredibly hard mm -hmm. to get these things. But, like, for example, I get to talk to a lot of founders, and they see that, you know, I'm, I'm on the Forbes list. You yeah. know what I mean? 30 under 30, which, again, is an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely. My grandmother understood. She didn't even have to understand exactly what I'm doing, but when yeah. she saw that, she was, was like, like wow. you're on the right track, yep. right? Um, however, what that does sometimes when you have those big almost, like, awards and yes. honors, I have founders who literally started their companies two years ago, don't even have, let's say, $100,000 in revenue, and they asking me, Will, how do I get on the Forbes list? Wow. And it's like, wait, but you're got worried it. about the wrong things. Got it. I got on the got Forbes it. list because I was solving real people's problems. I have, a, uh, at that point, over a thousand paying customers each and every month who got love it. what we do, and that's what el uh, made us eligible for the Forbes list. Got Not. It. Try to get the Forbes list so that way you can level up the Got rest, it. right? Got so it. that's why I just think for any young creative who's hearing this, yes, it's great to get the cosigns, and and those will come Got it. as long as you're focused on what really matters, which is solving a real problem and having a deep relationship to your customers. Wow, thank you for the clarity, because that makes a lot of sense. Because I think even for like creatives these days, I think that's a great point that you brought up mm -hmm. when it comes to the accolades and the recognition. It's like people look for those things to be able yeah. to say, because I got this, now I should be able to. Right. As opposed to saying, you know what, let me go ahead and do, do the work. now I deserve Boom. to be recognized for it. And I think that's an amazing point, man. Yep. And, you know, because of that, it, it's just like Rec has become 
You know, I, rec is literally to me. I, I mean, I don't know. I've just been exposed to it. Yeah. But just the amount of time that I've just you know been knowing about it, I think it's literally one of the best places that I've ever seen in terms of opportunity Thank for you. people to go ahead and you know just do what they've always wanted to do in terms yeah. of being a creative. So as I was kind of just digging up, you know, some uh, research on rec, you know, mm -hmm. y'all have your core values and things yep. on there. So you have the three principles, which is direct to consumer entrepreneurship, yep. resource sharing, yep. and a safe space for creators. Yep. How was that model created? Did that come from a place of what you believed in with your team? Mm -hmm. Like, how did you come up with those core values for rec? Yeah. Um, and then push that out. So we have the core values, which are a little different, but those three principles are like the three things that really makes the model work. Got it. Right? And um, those beliefs came from the beliefs of our team, right? Like, so before Rec even existed, my co-founder and I had been doing this work in the creative space for a long time. And we got to watch the narrative of some of the most talented artists from our city believed that they had to go to New York or LA to be mm -hmm. successful, right? They, they felt like they had to get signed to be successful, right? And back in 2013, 2014, 2015, I had the, the, the privilege to be working at a marketing agency. Mm -hmm. So I'm working for brands like Eminem and Shady Records and Ice Cube, and I'm, I'm creating marketing campaigns for them, right? Some of the biggest brands yep. in entertainment. And at that point, I realized the power of direct-to-consumer. I love it. Right? My job was literally, how do I make a social media campaign for Eminem that allows us to leverage the brand he has and the trust he has with his, friend, his fans to create a campaign that's going to engage them so we could drive wow. a quarter million dollars in revenue this quarter. Wow. You know? So that helped me understand. And, and the caveat is I, we would do that and wouldn't need any time from mm. Marshall Mathers. Right? Mm. We were only navigating through the lens of the brand. Got right? it. Wow. So at that point, I'm like, word. So wow. these same strategies that they're using at the highest level, every creator has access to Instagram right. and can build a mailing list and can build a sexy website and all that. So how do we teach that to our creators, right? So that was the first piece. The second piece that we really deeply believed in was the resource sharing. Yes. You know, for us in the creative economy, and even just as people of color, unfortunately, we tend to come from environments that are scarcity ridden mm. so like the idea yeah. of resource sharing don't even cross our minds because it's like i ain't got en perceived i ain't got enough you ain't got enough so there's no point for us to even share yeah. and barter right yep. but the reality is black people have always shared resources wow. like that's where we come from so what was one of the things that inspired us as well for rec was watching businesses like uber mm. right uber fastest growing transportation company but they didn't own any cars right or Airbnb, the fastest growing hospitality yeah. company. But, but they, they didn't, didn't own, own property, homes. right? They didn't own no homes. It was all about connecting the people who had the thing to the people who needed the thing, mm. right? And they would build the platform for those exchanges to happen. So when I heard, and I'm watching and studying that, I'm like, light bulb. Light bulb. When is this idea of resource sharing gonna come to entertainment, right? Because the model to that point was, big label has all the resources, all the relationships, yep. all the money, all the relationships to radio. So they owned everything. So when an artist came and said, all right, cool, we'll buy half of your stuff or 80% wow. of your stuff, and then we'll sell it for you. Wow. But for us, it was like, nah, what if we just build a resource base and allowed creatives who understood and believe what we believe to be able to tap into it, get access to the studio when you need it, wow. get access to this job for the, with this brand this weekend when you need it. Wow. But in that process, maintain ownership over mm. everything. Right? It's funny you say ownership, That's right? That's it, bro. Because... 
I was watching this clip of you. If if uh, butcher it, please just forgive me what you said. But you had put up a clip, man, and it was probably one of the deepest things I've heard mm. when it comes to being a creative. Where you said something about ownership, but I think it was something like being a creative. But the biggest thing about being oh wealth, you was talking about okay. wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were saying that the biggest thing to wealth is ownership or something That's like it, that. Bro. Give me your philosophy on that, right? What, what does wealth look like to you? Bro, I'm going to be honest. I could talk about this I think for days. I mean, look, it, there's a couple things I've learned, you know, in these 31 short years I've lived Absolutely. on this planet. The one is, in America, there's no way to save your way to wealth. Mm. Ever. You can't do it. Like, mm. it just don't work that way, right? Even if you out here making a couple hundred thousand a year, you wow. cannot save your way to, we- to wealth. Wow you can only own your way to wealth, mm. right? And that's usually through two different ways. One is making the right investments, right? That's why, you know, people invest in the stock market, they buy property, things like that. The second way is to build a business, Yes. right? And, and the idea of just having some level of ownership of something is important because you literally have to get to a place where you can detach the time you have and the time you work from your ability to earn, mm. right? So you can work mm-hmm. a nine to five all you want, but you're never gonna get your way to wealth there because when you're not working, you're not, you're not earning, earning, right? So when you own something, like let's say you're a landlord, you own four properties now, you could go to sleep, wake up, those tenants Chips. pay their rent, right? Mm-hmm. So for creatives, we need to understand that because like, yeah, we're not in the position, many of us to be buying property right. all crazy, but what we can do is we can create those songs that yep. are intellectual property. We can create those books yep. that now when I go to sleep, somebody could stream my song, they could buy my book, and I can build wealth that way. Wow. Right? So I think it's just important for people to understand how wealth building is done and understand our power as creatives who have these things. Yes. We're, there's no one better than us at literally creating value out of our mind. Absolutely. Right? Whether it's I through agree. entertainment or I education agree. or whatever. So there's that. I agree. And then the second piece, which just gets a little bit deeper in the way I personally think about this is like as black people, right? And I'm not even going to say people of color for this, right. one, but for black right. people, you know, I had an experience. There's a woman named Pamela Jolly who said something to me that changed my life. She, she was giving a, a talk and um, she said, the thing about black people is we're the only people in America who were wealth before there was wealth. Damn. Because we came over to America on a balance sheet. Damn. Meaning, somebody else said, oh, okay, so there's a bunch of, um, of people in this country, we gonna grab them up because we know that they're valuable and they can help us build our wealth in this yes. new country, right? So it's like, if we, if we believe that that is a part of our history, not all black people came here over on those boats, mm-hmm. right? But if that's a part of our history and someone else thought we were valuable enough to build the empire that is America, it's almost now our responsibility to, to now say, well, if we're in America, we have the same capability to build wealth and empires for ourselves. Wow. So it's like to be a black person in America today and not be in search of building at least some level of wealth for your family is disrespectful to all of our ancestors who worked as hard as they did to even just survive. Because it's like, yo, literally there's people that are pulling out their iPhones and making 100K a year doing exactly what they love. So it's like, if we know that that opportunity is here, then what are we doing if we're sitting at home yeah. just playing 2K all day? Yeah, facts. Right? Because nah, these people have been making 100 grand playing that's 2K. Facts. Like, that's facts. Doing know? what they love. And, wow, that's a, that's, a very, that's a very great point, you know, now that we're kind of talking about just ownership and especially in the creative space. So, like, as a creative, though, mm-hmm. right, like, how do, what are the core values of a creator, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
what, because like you said, it's easy for, for us to pick up a phone and, yeah. you know, make a video and create, yeah. you know what I mean, or find your niche or whatever the case may be, but mm -hmm. what is the true principles of being a creative? Mm. You know what I'm saying? In your, in your eyes, it's yeah, not, yeah, there's yeah. no right or wrong answer, sure. but just for you, like, what do you think you must, you know, have, what you must possess to, like, be able to say, you know what, mm. I'm an effective creative? Because you even mentioned, like, the true measurement of being a successful creator is not necessarily just you know, collabing with people, yeah. but it's actually, you know, connecting yeah, with yeah, your yeah. fans and actually giving true stuff. Yeah. So what do you think is the true... This is a good question. Um, in my opinion, I feel like one of the, the core things that are required for you to really wear that creator badge is you got to have perspective. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you have to have a way that you see the world right which hopefully is connected to like your truth yes right? based off who i am and what my truth is and all my experiences this is now how i see the world and you have to have the courage to want to actually share that yes because there's a lot of people who like don't actually have their own perspective mm -hmm. they just want to copy whatever trends are happening and to me it's like you might be a curator yes but you're not a creator yes right can you please explain the difference? Yeah. Just for people that are listening, right? Absolutely. There might be somebody on it that's like, okay, well, yeah. creator, creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that necessarily? So, so both can be dope, but to me the difference is a creator is someone who goes within themselves to, to, to think about something, to feel something for real, and they're like, something in me has to get this out to the yes. world. Whereas a curator, their skill set is different. It's not about them going within themselves to create something new. It's about looking at the whole landscape Got and consuming it. a lot and then using their taste to say, all right, I like these things and I'm gonna be the person who selects these Got people it. for the art gallery or produces a show and I'm gonna curate the lineup, Got right? Got so it. there's a skill set into that and I think people need filters, right? I think curators are really like filters. Amazing. Um, but creators are not, are not filters as much as creators are the people who are like, I'm gonna give you the raw material. Yeah. I love you know it. what I mean? I love it. Because, I mean, I think people can hear that and say, okay, well, what exactly, how do you distinguish the two? Like, mm -hmm. what exactly is it that makes me a creator or creator? And people, yeah. believe it or not, probably don't even know the difference right now. Like, sure. they're probably thinking they're a creator, but realistically, they're yeah. not necessarily what you think you are. Yeah. And, and this is another thing I kind of want to mention, because as a creator, and this is the reason why I'm talking about so much of ownership and mm. just, like, really understanding the, the, the true depth of being a creative, because yeah. I think that's now becoming a, you know, a lifestyle. It's becoming yeah. a way that people earn money. Absolutely. Right? It's becoming something that people is making a living off of, right? Absolutely. Some people don't work nine to fives anymore. They literally yeah. create content. Multi-billion dollar get, industry. Literally. Yeah. Right? So my thing is with that is like, I feel like they don't get enough creatives. We don't get enough recognition or, mm. you know, just we don't get enough buzz as we should. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, we're still growing. Sure. Because it's like, you know, it just... I would say probably the past three, four years is when it really made that leap yeah. to content creation because sure. you look at Instagram, TikTok, yeah. it wasn't, you know, what it is today. Yeah. But now it's like, now that, you know, they're earning that amount of money, I think people are forcing themselves to do it mm. and not necessarily looking at how can I be the best creative yeah. in terms of yeah. being genuine, being yeah. real. People are looking for like those one hits. I'll be honest. You know what I think the issue is? I think the reason why other people have not respected the value of creatives yes. is because creatives for so long have not understood their own value personally. Right? Exactly. So you can't, you, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it's hard to get someone else to tell you this is your value way up here 
when you actually can't even articulate why your value is way up here, right? And I think that's just because sometimes, like, as creatives, we get really romantic about the creative part, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah, I, I led the best podcast or I made the best painting or whatever it is. But until you understand how the marketplace yes. actually values that skill set yes. or that gift or that talent, you can't. You can't really know the value, right? Like, and, and I think the best example is um, musicians, mm. right? I think artists, r rappers, singers who make music, some of them are still wrestling with the fact that, like, most of y'all are not going to make your actual money off the music. Exactly. For that most of y'all, the music is that actually just going to be the marketing mm -hmm. that allows you to, to, to promote a lifestyle yes. that then you can sell merchandise through, sell tickets to shows that, that bring all those people who believe mm -hmm. in that together, right? Mm -hmm. And then you might get your song placed in a, a TV show that, that messes with that vibe or yep. needed that vibe. So it's like all these things are, are going to be lucrative revenue streams, but what's not might not be that streaming check. Wow. So a lot of artists get out, get online and they upset. They're like, dang, it took a million streams for me to make $2,000, this and that. And it's like, well, that's great. Because that was free for you free. to do. Exactly. Now leverage the uh, the million views you got from maybe 500,000 fans. And how do you make sure that you push them mm -hmm. down your funnel so they know that you're coming on tour? Mm -hmm. And when they come there to your tour, they're going to buy that $80 hoodie, yep. right? And they're going to bring a friend. So that's two tickets sold and Absolutely. all that stuff. But if you don't understand your value in the marketplace, you'll never know. Like, And I always put it this way. like, People don't buy Gucci belts because they need a belt. Right. That's not the value of being sold, yeah, exactly. right? Like, they can wear anything yeah, to, keep they want to keep their pants up. Right? So it's about understanding, like, there's the product <laughs> you're right. selling, but then there's the actual value. Absolutely. You know? That is a great analogy right there because it's so funny. It's like, we really don't need that belt. You, you don't need it. put anything to your pants. Right? That's a good analogy. And I think, and I'm going to tap into just, I want to tap into you a lot more. Sure. And just really pick your brain and just, like, your, your personal, you know, philosophies. But... You know, the last little bit of things I want to get into when it comes to being a creative is, you know, how how can someone and again, everything is just from your perspective, because just sure. from what I've seen from you on your platforms, you know, you, you're very knowledgeable on how to be a creative you know, a successful creative. I do and my just, best. Huh? <laughs> I do you my best. best. Yeah, you do your best. You, you just give a lot of value. So for you, what would you how can I ask this question? I'm trying to make sure I'm wearing it properly sure. so I can get the best possible answer. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> How can someone who is a creative... Okay, you know what? Let me just put it this way. Okay. I'll, just, I'll just make it simple. Yep. Right? Is it possible for somebody to be a creative giving everything or must you master one mm. target? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll use me for an example. Sure. Right? Because I hear people say that, you know, if you want to make a lot of money, mm -hmm. you know, cater to just that one person, yeah. but then there's going to be more of those people. There's going to yep. be that person, the next person is going to keep growing and growing and growing, yep. which I agree with. Yep. But in contrast to that, it's like I'm an individual who's been, who's been tapped into so many things. Like yeah. I've done well with entrepreneurship. You know, yep. I've had businesses. I, well, I have businesses, yep. right? So not only do I want to talk about entrepreneurship. Yep. I also want to talk about being a creative. Yep. I also want to talk about, I do podcasting. I also want to talk about entertainment. Yeah. Right? But that's very, vers that's very... Eclectic. Yes. It's <laughs> yeah. very... I hear you. It's not, it's generic. Yep. So, 
can somebody that's, you know, really trying to perfect their craft be successful focusing on just one thing? Or can they also be successful, you know, just trying to tap into multiple things? Yeah, I got it. just take them longer? So, so look, I get asked this question a lot because a oh. lot of the creatives that I support are multi-talented, yeah. right? So they could, they're like, yo, I, I rap, I sing, I, I dance, I can tie my shoes really well, I'm the illest designer, mm -hmm. like all these things, right? Um, and I think that's dope. And so it's like, shout out, much love to all the oh, multi-talented yeah, yeah, sure. creatives, for sure. But you gotta think about it this way. When you enter the business arena though, Got it. business is about trust. Yeah. People don't like to give money to people they don't trust. Mm. That's just, that's pure, right? Mm. Except for the government. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, Let's talk about it. But the idea is if business is about trust, I think there's a space for you to use different talents to engage your audience. Yes. But what I would suggest is instead of trying to do something for everybody, you should have, at least in the beginning, one audience. Got it. And, and you can expand. Yeah, and you can serve that audience with different types of content and different types of media, et cetera. And I'll give an example after this. But like where people go wrong is like they have all these different gifts and then they're like, all right, well, I'm going to build an audience for each one of them. Got it. And building so a strong and powerful audience one time is hard. Got it. So to try to be like, oh, well, I'm going to spend all my time building seven audiences and I'm going to run seven Instagram pages. It's like, where do you get that time? Got it. You know? Got so it. I think the best way to do it is to, you don't have to choose just one skill, but choose one audience gotcha right so that way you can master that and maybe the way you engage them is with music at first but if you're talking to the same exact people and the music is making them feel the same exact way when you create that t-shirt that makes those same people mm. feel that same way you get to leverage all the trust you built in music to now sell them a, a, a piece of clothing Love it. right and the same thing comes for an event but as soon as you be like all right what i was serving you know i don't know um middle-aged women in in this content that I was creating, but now I want to, you know, talk about young, young men, right? Now you have to go build that audience and start from scratch again. Wow. So you don't get yeah. to leverage any of that equity over here. Yeah. Right. And do you feel like, and do you feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, do you feel like, you know, while you're, you're building that one audience, I think the problem is while you're building one audience and you're trying to build another, yeah. what happens is you're not giving enough time to the audience that you're trying to build here. Straight up. And here. That's so where people like, go it's wrong. The, it's the lack. Okay. I think where most creators go wrong and fall off is they're starting to do their thing. They're getting early traction, right? They have a couple hundred people who love what they do yeah. and that tell them, yo, I love what you do. And then as creators, we get so caught up on, on winning new fans and new yeah. audience that we don't make the people who already love us feel special. Because the reality is, yes, yeah. you want to get to the masses and you, you want to get to as many people as possible. But the way to get there is not to focus on the masses. Yes. The focus way to get the there people. is to focus on your early adopters, the people yes. who already buy your merch. They already talk about you. And your job is to love on them enough that they have to go run to the public and tell them what they're about missing you. out on. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan. Don't come for me, Beehive. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't need to be to right. know that her music drops. Right. I don't have to follow her on Instagram to know that the album is coming because the real Beyonce fans are going to make sure I know. You know. And wow. that's how we should be treating it as well. Wow. So like when artists are like, yo, I'm trying to you know, grow my fans and they're about to drop an album, it's like, oh, well, did you make a list of your top 100 fans right now and send them the album two weeks early? Wow. And say, yo, bro, I know you've been rocking with me. I want to send this to you early. Just let me know what you think when you wow. can listen. Because what's going to happen now is, gym. right? They're going to listen. They're going to be like, dang, my favorite artist took the time to just show me love and send wow. me this early. So when the album drops, those 100 people, if they like it, they're going to tell the homies, 
hey, bro, you know I had this two weeks early, right? Wow. That's tough. And now they're talking about now you. Now they're talking about you. But we got That's a gem. Up. I really hope y'all, y'all tapped, y'all paid attention to that. Great, great gem, great answer, great response, no man. Like that. That's what I think we need to really start understanding as, you know, just creatives and entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's not just for creatives, too, like when he say these things. This is just like for entrepreneurs business in general. Business yeah. in general. Like yep. when you're trying to grow something, focus on those who's been there with you from the jump. Straight up. And then you'll expand from there. Yep. So now, you know, <clears throat> I know we limited on time. I kind of want to just dive into just will now, man. You know, Let's like do I know it. we spoke a lot about business. I don't really need this too much anymore. But <laughs> um, I really want to just talk about will, man. So, you know, we spoke about Rec. We spoke about Miami. We spoke about Puff. We spoke about, um, you know, a lot of your business endeavors. Yeah. Now I just want to, you know, tap into the mindset of, of, of will, right? Yeah. But before we do that, just kind of tell me, like, how did you even get into, you know, this type of space, right? This mm-hmm. industry, this 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 foundation that you're building, like where did that come mm. from? Like what were you doing before this? Like how did this really become yeah. like your, your your love, your passion? So creativity found me. Um, and, I, and I say that because, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up, I'm from Philly, my family's from Germantown. And um, you know, just growing up in any city, any major city, you know, is, is a tough thing to do, especially with like, you know, if you come from a neighborhood that don't, if you don't come from money, yeah. you, don't, you know, and all that. So for me, just navigating who my parents were and how they lived life and the things that came up, up because they were living those lifestyles, I had to understand myself, yes. you know what I mean? And, and the only way I could do that as a, as a young kid was first through poetry and then through, you know, visual art and, and you know, telling stories and, you know, freestyling with the yeah. homies. Like that was my way of just feeling sane for real because I had things that I just need to understand and, and, and get off. And then over time I was like, yo, I really love how I feel when I'm around creative energy, whether that's other creative people or I'm in creative spaces. And I think over time I was like, well, if I wanna stay close to this feeling, I'm gonna have to learn the business side, yes. you know? So I started to lean into the business side and actually just fell in love with the business of art. You know, I always grew up looking up to the people like Puff, looking up to Russell Simmons, you know, and, and Rick Rubin, looking up to Master P and yeah. like all these people who I saw that looked like me for the most part and we're building businesses, but within the culture, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So after that, man, I think I had like the bug and I was like, since young, I'ma build something. I love it. And I didn't know what it was gonna look like, you know what I mean? But I knew that I was gonna build something around the creative space. So literally, I'm the kid in high school who was writing business plans, you know what I'm saying? For production companies. And I had kids staying after school to try out for the short films that Dave and I were shooting. So like, that's always been in in the blood and in the DNA. Um, but I think when my entrepreneurship journey like matured was after college, I'm working at that creative agency that I mentioned and um, the marketing agency. And I just, I had a front row look into where the industry was like. going. I saw it clear as day, like, and this is before Chance the Rapper made being an independent mm-hmm. artist cool and, and people knew it could actually be a successful path. But I saw it because, I, again, I was working mm-hmm. on these campaigns online. So I'm looking at the power of social back in MySpace and Facebook mm-hmm. days. And, um, wow, MySpace. Remember that? that was yeah, crazy. bro. MySpace is crazy. And it was one of those times where I got to ask myself a real question like, yo, there's a clear path of growth for me in this agency. Um, do I stay here helping millionaires make more millions? Or do I take what I know and build something that would allow me to help the homies go from zero to 60000 a year mm. this year? Amazing. You know, with this info. So that's kind of what was that spark. And, um, you know, for me, I, I chose to, to, to follow that path. And, I love it. 
was blessed to have a business partner who 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 also believed in that vision and is just as hungry as I am and and, and is willing to, to do the hard work. So it all just kind of rolled up to this, Amazing. you know, but I think the one thing that separates me from a lot of other people is I deeply believe that I would be here mm. from the jump, mm. from the jump. Bro. Shout out to you, bro. That's dope. You know, that's dope. And, you know, being from this area, man, like the, the culture in Philly, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about how has that been an influence for you? Like, I know when I come to Philly, you know, it, yeah. the, the culture, the environment is, is so mm -hmm. intimate, mm -hmm. right? When it comes to, you can even think about the sports teams, right? You, it's, <laughs> it's literally just a city where yeah. you feel it, you feel yeah, the love. You do. How has that played an influence on, on you? If it, if it has, I'm sure it has. And in addition to that, mm. actually, I'll ask the next question after you answer this. Yeah, man, I, man I love Philly. I love almost everything about Philly, bro. Yeah. Like, I love our seasons. I love that our people love hard. I, I love that when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, they're going to let you know as well. Absolutely. Sometimes even louder than the love. Mm. <laughs> um, but on the, on the real side, man, like, Philly's a, a tough city, yeah. you know? Like, there, there's a lot of violence here unfortunately most of which right now is happening by the young the mm. young generation yeah. bro there's there's little kids 12 to 16 yeah behind a lot of these murders which is Crazy. tragic man yeah Crazy. um so i think that informed me in a, in a couple of ways you know growing up in that like i come from that environment yeah. bro like I, i've i have many of, of family members who are who are doing long bids you know what i'm wow. saying like i know what all that looks like so i think philly helped me in the sense that being from here, I knew what the alternative was mm. if I didn't turn up and do what I was supposed to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to watch a movie to, to see the reality of the prison system. Yeah. You feel me? Like, I know what that looks like but up, up close. So I think Philly inspired me in that way. And then the other, t the other part of that is, like, going outside of the city now to build a business in other places. It's like, I really believe if you can make it in Philly, you can make it anywhere yeah. just because of that deepness and that tough love that's here. Um, but man, Philly's just an inspiring place to be, bro. It like is. the talent is literally in the water. It is. You know, it's crazy because when I come, like just being here, like it's just like wow, this is really dope. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, um, you know, the, this the violence. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I, sure. I, I have to ask about this. Like I saw that you were very, you had a, you wasn't close, but you had a, you met PNB, right? Oh, yeah, we've worked with PNB you know, multiple PNB times. being, a, you know, being a Philly, he's from Philly. Yeah, right, he's Absolutely. from Philly. Um, how, how big of an impact do you think that had on the city, man? Like, what did you see or, like, what did you witness? The loss of The loss of PNB. Yeah. It was heavy, man. Like, a lot of, a lot of, especially in the creative community, man, a lot of us knew, knew Rock. And um, everyone respects Rock. Yeah. Rock is a good dude, you know? Like, even one of his breakout singles early on was a single called My City Needs Something. I love that song, man. You know, and it was literally oh, him, you know, talking about <laughs> the fact that our city needs something because the violence is getting crazy. We need these song, outlets, man. right? So it hurts It hurts even more when you have folks like him, right? Yeah. Who, who genuinely just care about our city, care about the people. Um, so when, when your, your life is taken, you know, almost like senselessly, yeah. it, it hits harder. So... Man, PNB Rock, when, when people like Nip go, it's, it's Dolph even, it's a different thing. Um, but all in all, man, it's tough. But, but I do believe that there's things happening and a lot of amazing people in Philly working to change that, that uh, paradigm right now. Right. I love that, man. Because uh, I just had to, you know, I had the, 
opportunity to meet PNB as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one time, he had came to uh, my college actually to mm-hmm. perform, and I got to have a very good conversation with him back, you know, backstage, yeah. you know, because when he came that year, you know, I was a part of the board and things like that, and he says something to me, and it just stuck out to me, man. Mm-hmm. It was just like, wow, he was just so humble, but he was just like. Uh, yo, what's your name? Yeah. I'm like, my name is Keese. You know yeah. what I mean? You can just call me Keese. He's like, yo, Keese, I'm not going to lie, man. Just keep going. That's simple. <laughs> that's yeah, simple. That's that simple comment meant a lot to me, though. Yeah. Because it's like somebody of your magnitude. I mean, you're yeah. not, you know, somebody of that status. Yeah. It's like to take time to really recognize and try to get to know my name and not just kind of yeah. be too, you know, nonchalant. It, yep. it was really dope. So I can only imagine what the city went through experiencing that. Yeah. And moving forward, man, like I know Philly's known for like a lot of, you guys have a lot of successful stories, including yourself, you know, coming out of the city. It's facts. Right? Who do you, in your opinion? It's a renaissance, baby. Yeah, it is. It really it's a is. Renaissance Shout out to Philly, Philly, man. Who in your eyes is like the, you know, who is like your favorite? I don't want to say your favorite. Yeah, who's your favorite celebrity mm. to come out of Philly? Like who do you truly idolize? Like who do oh, you wow. think is like on that Mount Rushmore. Oh, you that's know what? tough. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of Philly greats, right? Oh, give me your top three. Oh, that's crazy. Now you got to give me four. Okay, give me your top four. Give me your top four. That's a crazy question. Wow. Because um, I have a lot of people to come out of Philly. Man. I mean, look, I got to start off with Will Smith. Okay. I mean, Will is a GOAT, man. Like, shout out to Will. Just what he's done in entertainment is is crazy. And it's wild because I guess he's an amazing movie star. Yeah. And TV star. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people forget he was literally the first hip-hop artist to win a Grammy. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Wow, he really was. People don't, you gotta, you gotta like remember, that. literally triple threat, film, mm-hmm. TV, and music, bodied. Um, so Will Smith is definitely on the Mount Rushmore. Um, you know what? I'm gonna throw a curveball in there, and I'm gonna say number two, I gotta give it to um, Gamble and Huff together. Because mm. they created what I believe was like the whole Philly sound, right? Wow. When Motown was doing their right thing in Detroit, Gamble and Huff, man, we talking 70 plus uh, platinum and gold records, yep. right? Like pen game crazy. And they really, I think, created the blueprint for that, what I think is the Philly collaborative process, mm-hmm. like in creativity. So I stand on the shoulders of giants like theirs, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna put Gamble and Huff in there. Two, okay. Um, Next, I'm gonna throw Troy Carter in there. Troy Carter. Troy wow. Carter, I think, is just you know he's a Philly great and and really just crushed it in the music management space. And now as an entrepreneur, doing a lot of amazing things. You know, he's a guy who took Lady Gaga from a nothing name mm-hmm. to who Lady Gaga was, yeah. right? Did that mm-hmm. with Eve as well. And Eve, honestly, her business model is one that a lot of the female artists use today. Yep. You know what I'm saying? As far as how she did music and then went to TV and film. So, shout out Troy Carter. Wow. You know? Troy so, Carter. And then let me see, who the fourth? All right, so I, who I got so far? I said... Uh, you got Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah, Gamble and Huff, Huff together, Troy and then Carter. Troy Carter. And then I'm going to go ahead and just throw this wild card. I'm going to say Tierra Whack. Oh, my goodness. You know, because sometimes when we, when, we, when we say the goats, we always go to, like, the older what? generation. That's crazy. But I'm going to put somebody who's right now tearing it up. Wow. So I'm going to give it to, to my dog, Tierra Whack. And, um, and she deserves it, bro, just because, like, when we talk about this Philly renaissance, she's just taking it to a different place wow. as far as, like, what's possible for hip-hop artists and how we think about them and really just, like, being unapologetically her and and really letting other people see her and then also be unapologetically them. Yeah. And I think that's the power that um, 
every artist should aspire to have. Wow. You know, so yeah, wow, I would round a, it out to your way. That's a crazy four. I can't lie. I was expecting <laughs> completely different people, Word. but the fact that you took You thought it, I was going to say all the state property. Yeah, I think you're going to say like Shout the out state property chair. too, yeah. But that's amazing, man. And, yeah. you know, also when it just come to that, like, for you, do you ever see yourself being in that conversation? And I know it's not, you know, <laughs> I know it's not a goal of yours, right? But I mean, sure. it's, it's cool to talk about, you know, because Rec Philly is just getting started, believe it or not. It is absolutely and just getting started. You, you know, you've done some amazing things, man. So it's like, do you ever have these moments where you sit mm -hmm. down and just think to yourself, like, wow, I'm not doing this for the notoriety and the fame. I'm doing it of a place of yeah. love and pure joy. Yeah. But do you ever have those thoughts of just like, wow, I really want to be at that point where it's like my city really know yeah you know what, what we've Look, done i'll put it this way um so i, I see myself as a servant leader i love you, know? you as you should and i'm incredibly grateful to even be in the position as to you do should. what i do bro like and i never take it for granted um to answer your question though i will say this like when i personally think about people in the especially in the creative space um that look like me that have had the privilege of doing things like i'm doing at the level that i'm doing it at um I can't think of that many. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just from that perspective, I think when it's all said and done, like the the resume and the impact will be felt and so clear that mm -hmm. I, I pray that I'll be a part of those conversations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's for other people to decide. Yeah. For me, I'm gonna just keep doing the work. And like you said, we are literally just getting started. Wow. So knowing what I know, right, of like where we are versus where we're going, yeah. I think a lot of those things are inevitable. Yeah. But you know, that that's never the focus. Will man, how do you? I'm gonna we gonna we gonna you know go yeah, slowly. Yeah. I'm gonna be good. We got a couple minutes. Yep. How are you? You know you are author. Yeah. You know you are a creator of you know this amazing foundation mm -hmm. organization, Rec Philly. You are literally you know on the move, 24/7, a busy individual. How do you find time to balance personal life, mm. business? family life like mm. i don't you don't have any i don't think you don't have any don't children, have any children, family no. children but how do you just Not balance yet. you know being you know a regular person a family guy and just business yeah. like how do you find that time and that sanity because yeah. i saw you sitting over in that chair and you was kind of talking about this off camera yeah but you know you was doing some meditation over there mm -hmm. and just kind of getting into your thoughts right how, how do you you know keep yeah. yourself going when you yeah. have so much you know, just going on. Yeah, so that meditation piece is key for me. You know, you saw me do it right before we started here, before I speak anywhere, I'm always doing that. And even like between meetings and things, you know, I'm someone who, excuse me, I live through my calendar. Yeah. Unapologetically, like if we say we're gonna do something and it don't go on my calendar, it's not gonna <laughs> happen, just, mm -hmm. just know that. So the fact that like I live that way, um, meditation has become increasingly important for me to maintain that. Um, Cause it's like, all day, man, our brains are like computers. Yes. Like, so it's like imagining, you know, you got 30 tabs open and you never take the time to close them out. Your computer not gonna run the way it's yes. supposed to. So for me, meditation is how I close those tabs. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So just taking a, a few minutes, I do it every morning, you know, I do it um, after lunch and sometimes in between meetings when I need to. And that's like, I feel like it just charges my brain battery back up. Good. You know, it calms the spirit and all that. So that's one way. But also, man, just to be honest, I don't even know if I believe in this idea of work-life balance. Mm. I don't, man. I don't think you it's a real thing. You are the first person I have ever heard say that. Really? Ever. Yeah, I don't believe. I've never heard somebody with that philosophy. For someone like me, right, like, and, and I feel like my, my business partner, Dave, would, would attest to this as well. I don't believe in it because it's like when you know 
what your goal is, right? And especially, you know, and some people have different perspectives on faith, but like, if you feel like God has really placed a purpose on your life, that is first, mm. period. Mm -hmm. And everything else has to find a way to be integrated into mm. getting in alignment with you completing Absolutely. your purpose. Right. So for me personally, I'm not even trying to find the balance and be like, wow. OK, am I spending as much time in the business as I am with the family, as I am with the personal relationship? No, it's here is the the, the priority. The, yes. And I will make decisions on the other ones based around how do I make good on this promise that I've made to myself, to my team, to my wow. staff, to my community. Right. Wow. So for me, when it comes down to it, it's like I had to decide early, yo, I'm not going to be at every baby shower. <laughs> Yo, I'm not going to be at the party. Yeah. And I got to be okay with that. And my family has to understand. And if they love me, they will also understand. understand. Yeah. Now, that does come with a grain of salt of understanding that, like, there's certain relationships you cannot put off to build later. Absolutely. Right? Like, you got to be a good son now. You got to yes. be a good grandson now. But you can also figure out how you can have good communication so they understand mm. what's important and why you're doing what you're doing. So it's like, yeah, if you want to see me, you know where I'm at. Right. <laughs> Pull up to these events. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. And I think if people were more honest about their priorities wow. and unapologetic about it, I think everybody would be happier. Damn. But instead, we try to fake the funk, like, oh, I got a balance. Like, but it's like, nah, yo, balance is fake. I've never heard. Like, I'm because, and I'll say it this way. Somebody, and this doesn't come from me. This is somebody else. I wish I remember who said it so I could attribute it to them. But they say, yo, when things are in balance, nothing is in focus. Mm. So if you're someone who actually is really focused on something, something has to give, right? Wow. As a photographer, if you focus on one thing in the frame, everything else is blurry. Wow. So it's like, for people who say that they really live in a balanced life, I'd be like, okay, well, what's your focus? And I bet it's not something extraordinary. Wow. Live that unbalanced life. Yeah. Mm. That was deep, bro. And to everything this season, right? Wow. So maybe this season I'm going to focus on business, but I'm going to do it so well that once I'm 50, I'm going to be like, all right. I could do that passively. Thing. Now I'm turning up in the other areas of my life, right? Wow. Nah, that's dope, bro. I've never yeah. heard nobody kind of give that perspective, at least from that point of view. Sure. I think the way you kind of broke that down was literally how people needed to hear it. Because I'm an individual who, like, as opposed to me not believing that there's a yeah. balance, I sometimes feel like I need to learn how to just focus on, you know, things at a time. Because mm. I just sometimes feel myself being overwhelmed. Yeah. But hearing you say that, it just brings so much, like, calmness yeah. to me. Because it's like, yo, Keith. Everything that you're doing right now, you're doing it because I think that's truly your purpose. But you're so focused on trying to appeal and please everything else that don't matter that it's like you're finding yeah. yourself in a situation like what's going on. So to hear that, I think it just kind of reminded me like you're doing what you need to do. Yep. And just kind of like relax. You know that's what I'm saying? Bro. One of my favorite quotes. Um, I, don't, I don't know the key to success, but I know that the key to failure is trying to please everybody. Wow, man. You know? It's like... Jim Bucket. <laughs> He's a Jim Bucket. I can't lie. That's a, that's a good one, bro. Good, that's really man. a good one. And my last thing, we're going to wrap it up soon, man. It's the last one. I always see this every time I do an interview. Man. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so when it comes to that, I know you said it's cool, you know, focus on your purpose, and then yep. everything else comes after. Yep. It's integrated. Yep. So do you, think it's, do you think it's important to have, like, a routine? Like, walk me through. Oh, hell yeah. Walk me through your, your daily routine, or, like, walk yeah. me through a day in the life for Will real quick. Like, yeah. You do the kind of. So for me, before the day starts, my calendar is usually already set. Yeah. Like, 80% of my day is literally, like, 
30 minute by 30 minute block, I know it was happening, right? Yeah. So that way I don't have to succumb to, I woke up and was like, oh, I don't feel like this today. No, yeah, I already decided already what was gonna happen, right? Um, but my morning routine, which is extremely important, uh, first thing I do when I wake up, before I even open my eyes for real, for real, pray, you know, I, I read the Bible. It's the first thing I do when I look at my phone. And then after that, I try to get a good stretching, you yeah. know, do a little yoga, get the body, you know, doing its thing. Uh, I'll do that meditation that I mentioned. Um, and then after that, you know, do the get ready thing, you yeah. know, you know, to shower, to brush your teeth and all that. Um, if I'm on it that day, I'm going to get a run in. Yeah. You know, that don't always happen. Don't happen but yeah. if I do like 80 percent of the things on that list, the pray, the, the meditate, uh, read as well run and all that, that I know I'm gonna have an amazing day. And then after that, when I get into the office, um, I actually try not to go right to email. Okay. Like I try to start with whatever my most important meetings are. And then I try to get to email in the afternoon. Okay. Cause to me, it's like, I look at my email inbox as like, my emails are basically my to-do list for other people. Got it. Cause right? that's where the collabs are coming. People want to yeah. reach out to you. People hey, I need this from you. I need that. Gotcha. So it's like, if I start my day chasing what other people need from me, then immediately I'm going to deprioritize what I actually need to get wow. done. So I try to do my most important meetings first. And then I look at, you know, okay, what are my personal to do's? And then usually after lunch, it's like, all right, cool. Now what does everyone else need from me? Wow. You know, and that works for yeah. me. It works for you. You yes, know, and I've built a system around that. Um, so that's kind of like how I think about it. But that morning routine, I think is. It's important crucial will what's next bro i know we gotta wrap it up man what's just really next? quickly lastly what's next man is there anything that you would like the people to know any new projects you know sure. anything that you could give us sure anything that you could give us that you probably didn't talk too much about <laughs> but could be like a little okay just stay tuned yeah. for this well the first thing go get that book yeah, uncommon sense your strategy guide to creative freedom if you're a creative and you want to figure out how to make more money doing what you love to do that is the blueprint for you so go cop that up uh, shop.recphilly.com. And then outside of that, man, you know, we talked a lot about Rec Philly. You know, I'm really grateful for what we've been able to build here, for the impact that we've been able to drive. But it doesn't stop in Philly. Absolutely. So Rec Miami is coming next year. So we're really proud of that. But then if you're a creative in any other city and you're like, yo, we need a Rec type John, that would be amazing for us. We need the resources. We need that kind of organization. Let us know. Yeah. You know, we're trying to figure out where those next cities are. Because we do believe that, you know, we're going to put rec spaces in cities around the world. Amazing, bro. So right now, we're actively looking for the right partnerships you wow. know, to help us build it out. Well, look, man, you, you, I think you've given myself and the people, the audience, everything they needed, man. Again, it's a pleasure having Appreciate you on. You, so look, man, if y'all enjoyed this episode, please follow Will on all platforms. Do oh, that. by the way, What's that? your Instagram, how oh, do they yeah. stay in contact with Say you? Say that. If you, if you want to follow my journey, you could do that on Instagram and Twitter at the Will Toms. It'll be on the screen. T-H-E Will Toms. Go do that. And then, of course, also follow Rec Philly. Yeah, Let's man, you got to know what we're doing. If you've enjoyed the episode, man, you know, Keith's here. I love y'all. You know, please like, comment, subscribe, follow Will's journey. Amazing things with Rec Philly, Rec Miami on the way. Look, man, we'll see you soon. Young King love y'all. Peace, man. Let's do it. Ooh. Bang, 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 bang. Cool. Yeah, oh, my God. Get to the cake. I'm on a mission for maze, no matter how long it's gonna take. Facts. I could just see it already. Give me that new Benz or the Wraith. Watching my own back where I'm from, it was never safe. Yeah. Need a hundred M's, it been a safe. Uh -huh. Last chance, life a movie. Roll another one and get baked. Mix the honor wealth with the Gucci. Yeah. You know when I get a in it. Uh -huh. I promise you gon' catch feelings. All you gotta do is hold it down. I told you I'm a killer.